Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and right across from me is my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. It's had a a, a big week working on her dip recipe because we got a contest going this week, <laughs> and it's anything dip as long as you use one of our products, right? Yeah. Uh, um, I have found out that someone has cheated. So we're doing an inner office contest. <laughs> Who's the cheater? <laughs> Do you know what Mikey's doing? Um, He's doing just ranch dip. But his like like ranch like your sour cream mayo ranch packet. He did it. I'm so excited. Yeah, so it's supposed to be <laughs> ranch dip, but he actually created um, what are they loaded potato skins? Yeah, loaded potato skins for his like vehicle. <laughs> oh, so he didn't go the chip route. Yes, he. he it's that's like me made, if I'd have said, okay, I'm making steak dip, and I cooked ribeye and sliced it up, and then just had some butter to dip it in. Yes. <laughs> Heck, I want, I'm going to do over. <laughs> I want to do over. I, like, I feel like this might be cheating. He said, no, it's not. It's not a vessel contest. It's the dip. <laughs> but we I'm didn't specify. So I looked yeah. at the rules. The rules were had to go in a little bowl that sat on a plate, and you had to turn it in by noon, and you had to make seven servings, six for judges, one for a pitcher, and you had to use at least one product uh, of yeah. how to you know how to barbecue right Malcolm's product or killer hogs or killer hogs yeah. in the dip. Yeah, that was the only rules. There was no specification on the vessel. That's true, but I'm gonna reiterate you're gonna to re- the judges. <laughs> you're gonna oh, it's a dip contest, y'all. Yeah, you judge the dip, not what you eat it with. <laughs> I don't. My know. Frito scoops are gonna look pitiful <laughs> next, next to his loaded potato skins. I tried frying some um. Flour tortillas. Yeah. It didn't work out too well for me. I know what went wrong. What? You used the fluffy street taco ones. You got to use the El Cheapo flours. It's like the one You're layer. Right. They were too Because yours like double layered up. They were the poofy kind of, you know what I mean? The yep. fluffy one. Yep. You need the super thin ones. That well, way the, it just gives one layer. Well, the problem was they were getting done on the outside, but the inside, they were so yeah. thick, you know, they, they weren't fine. They so they kind of. Yeah, I tried one this morning. I snuck in there and I was like, eh, they it's had a, a good chewy. flavor. Yeah, it's just chewy. Yeah, it, it's not the perfect. I wouldn't, it's not the perfect vessel. It's not a loaded potato skin either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving you're them with have scoops. To, yeah. yeah. You, are you going to go scoop? Oh, yeah, yeah, you got multi grain scoops. So. Yeah. What, did, did, what is your dip? So I put a lot of thought into it. I went way out of my wheelhouse. I made a barbecue dip. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, really. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much, I don't know. So, Think jalapeno popper dip, like cream cheese, sour cream, jalapenos. I put a can of green chilies in there. Um, I put some, so to, to turn it barbecue style, I cooked the whole pork butt, pulled it, and then chopped. Well, I took about two pounds, so about half that pork butt, chopped it up, and it's in my dip. Like I chopped it up real small. So yeah. it, so you don't get the big hunk of oh, yeah. pork. Mm-hmm. And then I, the added, I added the barbecue sauce. And I added the barbecue rub. and I'm, So I mixed all that up, spread it out in the pan. It's going on the pellet grill right here when we get through doing the podcast. And I topped it with a little more rub. So I'm going to get it good and hot and bubbly. And then, because we got we to gotta, uh, bowl this up. And yeah. So if I topped it, it wouldn't look good. I couldn't scoop it out. So I left it untopped. And what I'm going to do, I've got some of these crispy fried onions and some Fiesta-style cheese. I'm going to put that on top of it while it's hot. Mm-hmm. And I got to see if I can torch. So I'm gonna see how see if it needs some heat or if it looks okay. 
And then if it's fine, right before it goes to judges, I'm going to drizzle it with a little bit of vinegar sauce and garnish it with some fresh sliced jalapenos. And I'm just serving it with scoops. So. Yeah. It's not hard. I mean, the hardest thing was smoking that pork butt, and I did an overnight one. I cheated. Just That's not cheating. Let the grill overnight do pork butts are delicious. <laughs> they are. They're pretty good. You just put them on and hope the power don't go out. That was what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. Tyler's sitting over there. He was working on his dip till one dip? in the morning because power was out last night. We had the massive storms roll through, and I was sweating it too. So I did a bacon cheeseburger dip. I was trying to do my trial run, which, granted, I should not have been doing my trial run yesterday, but I was kind of running low time. So I was trying to put it all together. I got to the ground meat portion of it. As soon as the raw meat hit the pan, the power cut. So I couldn't open my fridge to put the raw meat back in because I had to keep all the cool. Uh, and it was out for like five hours or something. So I had to run to Walmart at about 10 o'clock last night, grab all the stuff I needed for it, and then I was able to get it all pulled together. So it's a... So double... Uh, double cheeseburger. So you start uh, with the bacon. You cook all the bacon in. Then you leave the bacon fat in the pan. You take the bacon out. Put some yellow onions in there. Cook those down. Throw your ground meat in there. Crumble it up. Uh, you combine everything. It's like Monterey Jack cheese, uh, sharp cheddar cheese. I put some AP in there. Some a little bit of TX as well. Kind of. I like the pepper. Um, and then you put it all together with some cream cheese. You put it in the oven for about 20 minutes. It all melts down. Kind of turns into like a, I don't want to say queso, but, it, you know, yeah. kind of. Uh, Hot cream cheese with sausage. Or yeah. <laughs> it bad. Exactly. Yeah. Can't be bad. And then I bought some of our big dill pickles and I chopped them up uh, for the garnish. Smart. and Yeah. yeah. So, you, so it's going to taste like a, a yeah. cheeseburger. We should have did. To make this interesting for a dip, if we were to put a stipulation there, you can't use cream cheese. Because that would have threw everybody off. I think everybody's got cream cheese in their dip some kind of way. Even the dessert dips, they put cream cheese in them. It, so if it, you couldn't use cream cheese, that would throw you a wrench. I'm trying to think of a dip recipe I have that doesn't, doesn't have cream, cream cheese, cheese in it. it I mean, you'd cheese. have to use regular cheese, I guess. Yeah. Could you cream regular cheese? I know what I would do. I'd make a butter dip. <laughs> <clears throat> you could do that. Heck yeah. Just creams of butter. Uh, what are you serving yours with, Tyler? Like, uh, what's your vessel? So Kroger vehicle? sells like I guess they fry their own tortillas there or whatever. So like they're like very fresh um, tortilla chips. So that's what I bought. Oh yeah, it's over there in the bakery section. I've never seen those. Yeah. Is it like restaurant style tortilla chips? Yeah, they. It looks like an off brand. Like it's just a white label on it. it says thanks for shopping at Kroger. On yeah, it, but, yeah. Uh, they, huh. it, it has like the made on date and stuff like yeah, that. Are they those. crispy and? Uh, yeah, no, light. they're delicious. Yeah. They're just like, as originally I was going to stop at the Mexican restaurant and I saw those. And I yeah, like, oh. yeah. So uh, when you said cheeseburger dip, I'm thinking like McDonald's special sauce dip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something like that. You know, it kind of has that flavor though. Yeah. It's like you, like you put Worcestershire in it and, uh, which I use the W sauce just cause like I want to, like yeah. I wanted to try it anyway. Did it have mayo in it? No. No mayo? No, no mayo. But it kind of, I don't pickle know. pickle in it? Yeah, so I top it with uh, a little bit of fresh dill and a little bit of our big dill pickles. Yeah, does it have lettuce on top too? I thought about it, but yeah. no, I didn't. Didn't go all the way. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm kind of you're into that. Yeah, heck yeah, it was really good. I tried like one bite of it. I'm mustard nervous, in it, but no, no, you could do it. But like I said, it, for some reason, it like naturally has that Big Mac flavor. To I'm it. thinking, like, yeah, I'm thinking you could make a. I bet you could come up with a good burger dip. That one seems pretty yeah. good. But but you could dip it with uh, pickles. Yeah, so oh, take yeah. big deal pickles and cut them to where they're like chips and dip the pickle in. Them. Originally, I was going to make fried pickles <clears> and dip <throat> them, yeah, but I didn't that, know that how be it really would, good. I didn't yeah. know how it would hold over yeah. the next day. Yeah, you know, and, so it's bacon cheeseburger dip. Yep, bacon cheeseburger dip. Yeah, hmm, that's very interesting. That sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, little uh, 
What's the little crostinis would be good to dip that in too? Yeah. Crunch. Yeah. Be kind of bready. That's what Austin was trying to get me to do. He was trying to get me to just buy like really fancy hamburger buns, cut them up, put them in the Toast them to where they're kind of hard, to where they turn into a chip. I could see that. Or something with sesame seeds, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just went the easy route. Nothing wrong with that. But we'll find out who reigns supreme here in the dips in a little bit. We've got Mark doing. um, He's doing a dessert dip. Yeah, but it looks like. It looks like a take on restaurant white cheese dip with pico on top, except it's some kind of pudding with a fruit spicy fruit salsa on top. So it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of unique. He showed me a picture of it. I said, Dang, it looks like a bowl of cheese dip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's just trying to lose. He wants to pick what we do next. Yeah, he's already, he's already <laughs> told me what he's picking. <laughs> he's going rice. Anything with rice in it. <sighs> I, I know you hate rice. So that's going to throw you for But you got some good recipes you do with rice. I can still win. Mine's pasta. If we lose, it's pasta. It? Easy. Pasta. Yeah. Oh, I like that too. The problem with stuff like that is it's hard to. We don't have the facilities for everyone to cook up here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to bring those pasta, types of dishes you, in. Uh, you could bring pasta. You could bring pasta in. Yeah. You already have your sauce and your noodles and stuff. Yeah. Like barbecue lasagna or barbecue Ooh. spaghetti. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got a pasta one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I, that's really a good one because yeah. man, you'd be terrible judging it though. You know how stuffed you would be? Heck yeah. It'd be like carb overload. Because, I mean, it's going to be, what, eight, eight entries? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to eat eight different pasta. You know they're all going to be hearty. <laughs> Cheesy, hearty, saucy, meaty. meaty. Yeah. I'll come yeah. in and do butter noodles, just plain butter noodles. <laughs> Stand out from everybody. <clears throat> so this week you did an Easter brisket. Yep, it's Easter this week, so everybody's mm-hmm. celebrating, I'm sure, and looking for something to cook and... Um, Easter uh, brisket's something that we never really. My family always did the traditional ham, ham or turkey, yeah. something like that. But we never had brisket. But I said, man, I've get a lot of questions about brisket on Easter, so I kind of showed how I would do one. I took a different take. I mean, yeah, it was done on the smoker. Um, I think I, in the video I say it's not a smoked brisket. Well, it is a smoked brisket, yeah. but I do it almost like a roast style like if you were going to cook a roast in the oven well, so that, flavors flavors yeah, yeah flavors the technique is pretty similar yeah it is it's yeah. a braising technique instead of browning it like you typically would in some fat browning you know getting getting some color on the outside and then braising it i used the smoker to build a bark and then braised it and it was phenomenal it was really really good the flavors worked on it yeah it was it was as good as any roast i've ever had you know i thought it was really good i i liked it i like the that savory yeah flavors. i liked it yeah. What what impressed me the most, and I think I'm gonna do this on brisket that I cook from now on, is that beefy onion uh, <laughs> powder like mix. Well, it it instantly like when I put it on, it instantly started sweating that brisket. And I don't know what they got in. I didn't read. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's some kind of <laughs> chemical reaction MSG going. Or probably a lot of MSG. Yeah. But that gravy mix started. It took the moisture and started turning it into like this beautiful color on the outside of that brisket. And you can tell in one of the pictures where I'm holding it up before we wrap it how pretty it looks. And you can see the herbs. Like I took a little mixture of dried herbs on top. I didn't go fresh because I knew I was just trying to make a little bark with them. And so it had, you know, some rosemary, some thyme, and some parsley. And that with the, the AP and that beefy onion mix, it's all it needed. I mean, it didn't need a barbecue flavor at that point. So, And um, I didn't, you know, I was worried that this color is going to be ugly. I was, you know, I didn't think it would get that pretty. beautiful. Yeah, it had, it had that mahogany. You know, you hear everybody say, oh, it needs a mahogany look. And that's when you know the color's right. Well, it did that. It caused that reaction in the meat, and it pulled out. So I don't know where the redness came from. It wasn't from a rub. It was just the natural color of that brisket. And that was a Creekstone Prime brisket. It wasn't, you know, I just I, I needed something fast, 
and just order it from Creekstone. I didn't do a, a, a Wagyu like I normally would for a contest or something. So, and it was it was fantastic. It was, it was juicy. Sure. It was tender. Um, you may let you know what onion Lipton onion soup mix is made out of. Yeah, what what does it have in it? Well, it's dry onion flakes, beef bouillon green granulates, onion powder, parsley, celery seed, paprika, black pepper. And MSG. Yeah, that's what makes it sweat. <laughs> that's what gives it the meat sweat. Yes. It makes me sweat too. <laughs> take much. And that beef bouillon does a lot. Gives a flavor. Yeah, yeah, it does. So it turns into that. It, helps, it starts it making it brown like in its it. own little gravy and brown it. <laughs> but it's good. It really is. I, I highly suggest y'all try that. Um, I bet that would be good on some steaks. Just do a dry marinade with it and then season it and grill them. That would be good on steaks. Try that. Beefy onion try steaks. That. Like tonight or something. Tonight? Yeah. <laughs> On the grill tonight. It sounds good, don't yeah. it? How big was that brisket? Um, I, I ordered it. It was like 13 to 15 pound or 13 to 16 range. I forget what exactly what it is. And it was like 14 and a half. I trimmed. The only the only trimming I did on it was I flipped it over. I, wanted to, I like to lay flat on the pit. And, you know, briskets will have that big hump in them. So I flip it over on the fat side and kind of knock that hump off of it. Just kind of pull it up with your hands and knock that off, and it lays flat. It was already about a quarter-inch fat, so I didn't have to do anything to the fat. And just where it had a thin edge, I just kind of rounded it a little bit. You can tell I didn't do much to it at all. Um, I didn't take I didn't take hardly anything off, so I didn't lose much. What What's that hump that you take off of? Is it mostly just fat? And or Yeah, it, it is. Mean? It is. It's just part of that deckle end where it's just, you know, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't lay good. It makes it cook crooked. It, when you Cook slice crooked. it, I mean, it does. Like it keeps it all propped up. Yeah. So it blocks your airflow, and don't then the and the flat don't cook good. It just doesn't look right. Yeah. But when you straighten it out and make it to where it lays flat, it cooks a lot better. It's like a race car. Yeah, that's right. It's more aerodynamic <laughs> on the pit. <laughs> Let's that heat hit it and gently glide over and go all the way down the flat instead of having that big hump. And I mean, you can tell that brisket swole up. So from the point in where it's fatty, it starts swelling up. But when you got that hump in there, it really swells up. So you end up with this six, seven inch thick piece of meat on that end. And I want it to all be level. Yeah. So it cooks even more even. Yeah, it cooks stuff. more even. That's the whole idea of taking it off like that. And you can tell when you flip it over, if you'll just kind of take your hand and kind of pinch it, it'll kind of make a ridge. And you're just taking that ridge off to where it's as flat as but you know, flat as both sides of the point. Mm-hmm. So and it tails off before the flat. So it doesn't run all the way down yeah, the, the length just, of the brisket. It's just right there on the decal point in. It's just a little hump, like yeah, you said. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's any you know big, thick, fat veins on it, you can take that off. If there's any sea needle on top, you can take that off. But, I mean, I really didn't spend a whole lot of time trimming that one. Like three minutes or less. Yeah. You're like, I want to get your video filming. I said, I said, there ain't nothing to film. I'm just doing this, and yeah. that's it. So. Um, what did you put in the wrap? The wrap is what made, really brought the flavor to it. Started with some beef broth, some red wine, equal parts. Wanted to make sure I had plenty of juice. So I didn't measure it. If you're doing it, two cups is plenty of each. Yeah. But I just like it probably depends on the, the size of your Half a quart, half a bottle. It does, because especially when you got it in a big pan like that, you want the liquid to come up about halfway on the meat in the pan. That's a good get. You don't want it covered. I didn't pour anything directly over the top of the brisket. I kept it all around it. But you want your liquid to be up about halfway. And you're going to get some more added liquid to it from the renderings from the fat you know seeping out of that brisket as it heats up and goes through all the stages of cooking but also put a whole head of garlic that i minced up it's about you know eight eight ten cloves whatever suit your fancy on that i put two whole onions 
that I julienne sliced, you know, just kind of made them in strips. Yeah. Spread those all out in there. Um, tomato paste. Tomato paste to thicken it up, give it a little body, a little acidity, and I just squeezed it out of a tube. If you're using a can, you probably need about three good tablespoons. Um, put some bay leaf in there, and, I mean, you could pretty much put what If you wanted to add some beer, if you wanted to, whatever you would want to put in there, you could add. That's just all I wanted to go with, kind of keep it that roast flavor. Yeah. You got the wine, you got the beef, you got the onion. Um one thing I think I would really like to have done because it would have went well with the gravy was if I would have added mushrooms. Yeah. I was like, man, because when we were eating it, I mean, it's good. it made a really good onion gravy, but an onion and mushroom gravy would have been that really been good. That would have been really good. Um, do you think braising it in that liquid is why it was so moist? Um, you know, it you does help. It helps, you know, because, it, it, I mean, that's it's definitely going to help add more. I don't know if it's going to – it doesn't really soak up the flavors of it, I don't think, but the liquid in there creates that steam, and it just makes a good environment to breaking it down. It was but yeah. super But, you know, typically you want to, with a regular brisket, I'll never add that much liquid. You know, I'd usually yeah. – usually about 12 ounces is all we'd put in one. Because we'd wrap it in full, keep it tight. We're not really trying to braise it. We're just trying to add some liquid to it. While it breaks down. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. But a braising liquid needs more. And if you really wanted to, I mean – you really could have put that liquid on in the pan, got some smoke flavor in it, and let it have been reducing that whole time, fortifying those flavors some. You probably would have needed a little more liquid if you're going to do that. Yeah. But you can fortify your braising liquid, too. And a lot of the uh, recipes you'll see for, for doing it like in the oven or on the stovetop, they start out with their braising liquid on the stove. You know, they'll brown their brisket in a pan, and then they'll take it out, set it to the side, start building their braising liquid, get it good and hot and boiling almost, reduce down some. Then they'll cut the temp down, add the brisket to it, put a lid on it, throw it in the oven for four hours. That's how they do it. So, you know, you can do that as well. But it, it, it cooks down enough, too. Could you have thrown your old brisket trimmings off in the uh, pan and let it? Yeah, start? and get some flavor on that. <laughs> Why not? You could. Yeah. If you cut enough of it off where you had some to render some fat into it, that'd even make it even beefier. Yeah. It would be good. Um, so then you uh, made a gravy So that went with it. Well, and it's just a straightforward yeah, gravy. Yeah, one thing, I put a pr- temp probe in it. So I wanted to watch that brisket temperature. And I wanted, you know, 202, everybody says it's the magic number when brisket's done. That's true. But you always want to, when when you take your full off, when it hits 202 on your thermometer, you still got to check for doneness. And you'll notice in the video, I went to feeling on it with the handheld probe. And I just wanted to make sure it was just soft everywhere. If it it hadn't have been soft everywhere, I would have put the lid back on and cooked it some more. And it could have went, I've seen them go as high as, 210, 212, something like that. So you get your softness. But 202 is a good gauge. And a lot of times, even at a contest, I'll start checking it when it gets to like 198. And, you know, because I always want to go by feel. And I just, just from experience, no two briskets cook alike. It's all where it wants to be done at when it's done. Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, put a probe in it. Don't forget that before you put your lid on and, and watch it the whole time. Then, what you ask me about? What I did next. <laughs> the gravy. The gravy. So after after that brisket was hit tempted out, was perfectly tender, I took it out and set it on some full and kind of loosely tended it up. Just now, let it hang out. Just let it hang out. Now, you could at this point rested that brisket for two, three, four hours in a cooler. It would have been fine. I would have left it in the juice too. Just let it sit down in there and hang out and, you know, chill for when you're getting ready. Then when you wanted to Right before you wanted to serve it is when you wanted to make your gravy. And so to make this gravy, I took the brisket out of the liquid and just loosely tended it, left it sitting on the cut board. Didn't put it in a cooler or nothing. I took the gravy inside and poured everything through a colander. 
picked out the bay leaves that left me with my onions and what little bit of garlic remnants. The garlic, it's pretty much yeah, it kind of dissolved at that point. Yeah. But the onions held up nice. They weren't they mushy. Were they still the had right texture. They were. They were. They really were. And so I set them to the side, and I had these drippings. Well, I poured those drippings in a little fat separator, so the fat would go to the top. I could pour the juice off the bottom. I started in a big skillet, like a deep saute pan on the stove, uh, a little flour and a little butter, kind of roux. Started adding my uh, just the au jus, trying to keep the fat to the top. Put that in there and let it start thickening up. I tasted it for seasoning, and it really didn't need any more salt or anything. I was afraid that, you know, just to add seasoning because it would be too salty mm-hmm. with the amount of seasoning we put on the brisket and how it kind of fortifies as it cooks. So I didn't season it. It didn't need I, it. Yeah, it didn't really need it. Um, I did put right before, um, after I put the onions in. So once it gets the boil, it's going to hit a thickness. Then I put the onions in there that we'd strained out. Then I tasted it again. I said, you know, we'll make it pop a little more cracked black pepper. And so I, I don't know if we showed that on the video, but um, I did put a little more restaurant grade cracked black pepper in it just because I like black pepper. Yeah. And I like peppery gravy. And that's what we served it with. I mean, if the gravy, like say if you make that gravy at home and it wants to start, because gravy will start seasoning up on you as it cools, you can just add a couple t- tablespoons of hot water at a time. Or if you still have some of those drippings, keep them hot, just stir it in there just to loosen it back up before you serve it. Because it was kind of cool outside that day. And ours, I mean, you could tell it would start just doing what gravy does, thickening up. Yeah. But you want to keep it to where it's ladleable. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> ideally, get it done and serve it. Yeah, yeah, get it done and serve it. I like to go with my gravy straight from once you pour it in the gravy pot, everything's on stable. You're waiting on gravy and rolls. That's it. You're waiting on gravy and rolls. <laughs> but don't step off on that gravy. That gravy's some good stuff. You have those, you, you, that braising liquid's got all your flavor in it. Use that, build you a little brown gravy, and it's, it's it, it goes great with brisket. So how would you serve that? I would serve it like because we talked about doing some mashed carrots potatoes, too. some roasted carrot, roasted vegetables. You know, put some brisket slices over those potatoes. Like you know, make, let the pa- potatoes be your foundation. <laughs> if you, you're building, you, the yeah, I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna build my plate. I'm yeah. gonna, so I'm gonna slice my flat across the grain. I'm gonna turn the point, slice it. So I'm gonna put me some potatoes down. I'm going to put me two slices of flat over the potatoes, and we'll put me a nice slice of point right on top of that. I'm going to ladle gravy over all of it, and I'm going to have me some of those roasted carrots to the side, maybe some asparagus or Brussels or something, and some rolls. And I got the perfect Easter Easter lunch. Uh, maybe a deviled egg or two. Maybe a couple deviled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Save room for some banana pudding. <laughs> uh, I will say that every time we cook a brisket on a stick burner, it's better than cooking it on any other pan. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, so the closest, like, the drum does a really good brisket. You get good flavor on it. it to me, to a me, drum the texture does the does, pork butt the best. Yeah, the drum doesn't do the texture on the brisket as good as a stick burner, yeah. but the flavor's good. And the pellet grill does, the overnight pellet grill does great texture on the outside, but the flavor's not as good because it's a pellet grill. So, I mean, you're still trying to, to get to the stick burner brisket. <laughs> yeah. That's like the creme de la creme stick burner brisket. It keeps it, it keeps the outside just right. You get a nice little bark on it, but the inside is juicy and just ringing wet with moisture. That's what I like on a brisket. When you know you slice it and you see the water, the juices run out of it. That's, that's what I want to see in a brisket. If, it, if it's not juicy and your board's not covered, uh, it probably ain't that good. It's dry. <laughs> yeah. But you can see, that's the best way to season the cutting board, too. You see my cutting board? 
it was just slicked over after that. <laughs> it, was. I mean, it was. It was juicy. And that is how you season. Uh, yeah, and just wipe it board. down real good. And I'm going to take a lemon and kind of hit it with it. Don't put any soap on it or anything like that. Just let that meat juices get on it. Seal it real good. To me, that's the best way to season. Uh, cast iron and, <laughs> yeah. and wood cutting boards. I thought meat, you know, you know, meat I think, juices. Yeah, that's right. Hamburgers or uh, sausage and cheese balls and cast iron. <laughs> if you've got a good fatty sausage and cheese ball, it'll season cast iron skillet. So uh, Easter is this weekend. Yes, it is. But we're not doing a traditional Easter dinner. Well, we did our brisket last week yeah. for everybody else. So this week I asked my dad uh, what he'd like, and he mentioned catfish. So we, we talked about, you know, I could fry a little catfish here and there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing catfish. And your mom wanted crab legs. Right. And she wanted crab legs, so we're doing crab legs. I'm going to do them on – I'm not boiling. I'm not steaming or boiling them. I'm doing them on the pit. I, I like them on, I I like them on the grill. I think they get you. You baste them in butter as you're cooking them, and right. the shell seems to get crispier, so they crack easier because the air moving in the pit. Yeah, makes them good and brittle. Yeah, and they're already cooked. Like when you get go go to the store and buy crab legs, it's not like you're getting raw crab. To put them up, they flash steam them or boil them or whatever they do, and then flash freeze them. So you're basically just warming them back up to eating temp. And so it doesn't take a whole lot of heat. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're just, you know, you just want to get the shell brittled where you can get the meat out easy without having to dig it out with crackers or whatever you use, you know? Yeah, but the butter gets on the outside and it gets in your fingers. It's got, it it's on porous. The shell's kind of porous. <laughs> I mean, it takes in the flavors. Yeah. So I always baste them in butter really good and season them up, you know, use some king crawl and some parsley, some lemons and things like that. Yeah. Get some flavors going. Usually I'll baste them one more time halfway through. And the cook's only 30, 35 minutes. And how I know they're done is that's the best part. I just break a leg off and try it right there. If it cracks and that meat comes out, I'm like, yeah, these are done. There's no temp in them or anything. You just kind of like you got plenty of legs laying there. Just try them as you go. That's a pitmaster privilege. <laughs> I'm really excited about the crab legs. Does it? Are you really? Heck yeah, I hadn't had crab. I can't tell you the last time I've had some. We're gonna crab make legs. we're gonna make cold slaw and tartar sauce and do some world's famous hush puppies. <laughs> Not the the bait, the homemade kind. Mississippi's famous hush puppies, yeah. And hope the Easter Bunny comes and sees us. Oh, yeah. Um, so we went to New Orleans last weekend. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to bring this up. <laughs> it was a good trip. I'll just say that. <laughs> went and saw Eric Church. He put on a fantastic show. Yeah, hope, he did. People were mad at him for skipping out on, what was it, a Houston show or something? Because he went to the had to Duke and North show, Carolina yeah. game. But I mean, they should be mad. He made the New Orleans. Yeah, I'd, I'd be mad too. If we yeah. If we'd have got hotel rooms, tickets, traveled down. Babysitters, dog sitters. Lined you know, everything up. Yeah. You got down there and up. Sorry, folks. No show tonight. <laughs> I'd have been pretty upset, too. But he put on, I'd never seen Eric Church live. And if you guys hadn't seen him, he puts on a heck of a show. You're not that it was a three-hour show. No, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I knew a bunch of his songs, but yeah. it's not like he's on my regular rotation of music to listen to. But. I mean, I bet he played 30-something songs. There's no opening act. It was him from start to finish, no encore. He's probably spent the time it was over. Oh, yeah. But the show started at 9, and it went over till midnight. I mean, it was it was a good concert. We um. got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> they put us out of the place. We were the last people <laughs> I got out a of that personal place. police escort out of – where was it at? The Smoothie King Center? Saw saw SUV sitting outside. Said, "Hey man, give us a ride." 
hundred dollars. Take the hotel. He's like, come on in. I said, all right. <laughs> Best hundred dollars I spent too. I did not want to try to find my way from that part of town back over to where we were staying. New Orleans is a whole different vibe. It's like the smells, oh. the sounds, the yeah. There's like the diviest dive bar right next to a five star restaurant. You yeah, know? And for real. It's, Man, it's just debauchery. <laughs> it had been, I don't know how long it had been since I'd stayed on Bourbon Street. We had a balcony. I got spotted. <laughs> Several times. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, out on the balcony, people were across the way hollering at me and, and, and record me and putting it up on TikTok. Just went with it. I was like, oh, we got this balcony. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's We're going to throw beads. I've never done this before. Like, it sucked about Saturday morning <laughs> yeah. at 9 a.m. <laughs> it, it not, it's nonstop. I, do not, I mean, I recommend everybody do it once. Go down to New Orleans, stay on Bourbon Street, get you a balcony room, and enjoy it. But that'll probably be the last time you'll want to do that. Because it is almost 24 hours a day of beating, banging, music playing, people hollering, no telling what you're going to see. I hate to see it when they legalize marijuana in, in Louisiana because it is. it is buck wild. It's like, it's, I mean, it's just a, a cloud over the city right now. I mean, it, it, in the morning, that's the first thing you smell. You wake up, it's like, hey, what are they burning? Oh, it's probably marijuana. It's like, dang. I mean, what are these folks doing? It's not legal there, but they're passing joint. I mean, it you was, often, it was, I had never seen nothing like it in my life. Yeah. And I've been to states where it is legal. Yeah, you know me what I mean. Too, yeah, I said, man, this is in the, in the, in the police force did not seem to care. <laughs> they got bigger problems. <laughs> they didn't want you. Bro- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just. I guess anything goes. I don't know. You learn a lot when you go to New Orleans. Got, <laughs> there's people out there way wilder than I've ever thought about being in my life. What was the best? And you thing? jump in there with them just for a little bit, get a taste of it, and get out. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to be trapped in that. Could you imagine? Because it's like Hotel California. You know, you check in, they never let you check out. There's people like that. They're just there. And it's it's, like, it never stops. Never stops. If you want to, just never stop drinking and just go, and go. 24 hours a day for a oh, week. Oh, yeah. And then I guess just lay down on the ground because I just saw people just laid out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's pretty sad, too. Yeah. You see people in some bad shape down there, but. I could see it being hey, easy to follow to that. If I was a you know strung out or something like that, why not go to New Orleans? That's where the party is. <laughs> I mean, I see why people go down there. So, what was the best thing you ate? The best thing. Wow. I'm trying to think of all the good stuff. There was three really restaurants we kind of went to that stood out to me. Char grilled oysters at the Royal House were really good this time. That was the first time I've tried the Royal House, and it was really good. Yeah. We had po'boys and some oysters. They were, yeah. It was. I like the atmosphere there. It's really good. Man, what we we went to Brennan's for lunch. Eggs Benedict there was really good. Yeah, it was the traditional. Well, actually, it wasn't a traditional. I had um, it had, had some, some kind of a beef demiglaze or something, a, a sauce like, like like Hussard sauce or something they called it. I, <laughs> that's just off the top of my head. It was something start with H, I think. But it was on the Eggs Benedict, and it was really really good. You had I had I ordered an asparagus and avocado salad, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be delicious! I love asparagus. With I like, love with avocado. like caviar." Yeah, I, it it looked like <laughs> when it showed up, it was a plate. That's why we needed some stuff to me. <laughs> it <laughs> looked put like it on a the plate, plate around the edges after you ate. Like <laughs> it was just a few sprigs of asparagus delicately placed the this way. Up, didn't they? Yeah, it was way too chefy for my personal <laughs> taste. It was delicious. Yeah. Lobster biscuit, GW Fins. GW Fins was the best restaurant we ate at. Yeah. I want to go back. You there. had, was it the Black Drum? 
Yeah. I'd never and had that fish was excellent. I had John Dory. It was, I never had that. It was excellent. Um, yeah, that was, that was one of the best things I had. We also got a fried oyster appetizer. Yes, that was really good. And it had like Asian-y flavors. It was like a banh mi or whatever. That I would highly recommend GW Fins. I had never been there, but yeah. it's a really good restaurant. Been to a lot of them, but that was my first time to go there. But yeah, New Orleans was fun. Are you ready to go back? Yes, I am. <laughs> but I'm not going to the city. I'll be a Metairie. Because why, Shell? Uh, give me one second. Okay. The We're old- going to the Old Metairie Crawfish Festival and Cook-Off, presented by the New Orleans Jesters. At St. Catherine of Siena. In Metairie. The men's club. In, in Metairie. It is a crawfish uh, cook-off festival. Um, there's going to be 40 teams. All you can eat crawfish. Um, it lasts from 2 to 8 p.m. There's going to be kids kids zones there. Next Saturday. Family fun. Malcolm yeah. Reed. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually judging. That's why I'm going. Yeah. I was asked to judge, and I'm not going to turn down getting to judge a crawfish contest. But uh, if you show up and go, you get to judge too because a, a big, you know. You get to the, walk around and eat crawfish. Yeah, because it has like, um, what, do you, what do you call it? Public, people's choice. People's choice. And that's the public yeah. gets to judge. And I, I'm imagining what they're going to do is you pay an entry fee to get in. You get so many tickets. And then you go around and you use those tickets to try people's crawfish and vote for who you like. That's usually how they run a people's choice. Yeah. So I imagine you get to try everybody's and then vote for the ones you like. They'll probably um, give it to are, you a lot like we do when we do our events where it's just like a little boat of crawfish yeah. or something. So you get like three or four of each crawfish. I'm excited to see all the different ways people do crawfish. Yeah. And yeah. to see if I'm going to go down there and whoop them all next year. <laughs> 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 I've never entered a crawfish contest, but I think I got a pretty good recipe. So uh, Tickets are only 30 bucks. That's all it costs? That's all it costs to go in and eat all the crawfish you can eat? Yeah. And I imagine they'll have. And they're talking about doing like a truckload of crawfish. He told me how many sacks each team. I forget. I think every team had to cook four hundred pounds or something like that. Oh wow! It was a, it was an incredible amount of crawfish yeah. they're going to be cooking. I mean, you can't. I want to know what they to... do with all that. They must get a dumpster brought in to <laughs> to fill it all up because you know crawfish you have just as much waste because you only get like a yeah that's little thumb sized piece of meat out of the whole thing and then There's the rest of, of it's all waste. So you got to do something with that. And they get real stinky real fast. <laughs> fast. Yeah, I'm sure. Don't let that sit for a day. I'm pretty sure Metairie's got it figured out what to do with they the crawfish. Don't crawfish yeah. left over. Yeah. I could learn something there too. What do y'all do with all these? I would like to see a crawfish cooking contest up here in North Mississippi because we got a bunch of people. I mean, we got all these vendors that set up different corners and yep. sell crawfish. We sell crawfish cooking supplies. Tons of people cook crawfish up here. I'd like to, you know, see that see that as a contest somewhere. Maybe next year we can host our own. Maybe maybe we can find a, a place. Anybody's got a place they let us host a crawfish contest. <laughs> that's be a, a big great fundraiser. Ask. Be that's, a great fundraiser. Oh yeah, that's a big ask though. Mm-hmm. We're ne- we're gonna need about the, three or four BFIs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about all the water, you know, that you use to cook your crawfish. Yeah, you got to dump that water somewhere too. Yeah, dump that. There's a lot of businesses uh, would not like that. Just no. Dump it right out there in front of them. <laughs> and you know, there's shells going to be everywhere. Yeah. And we need a field or something. Yes, that's what you need. <laughs> yeah. Anybody got a field? But yeah, it's only thirty bucks. You walk through all you can eat crawfish. You can't spend it's a, thirty dollars. St. Catherine of Siena. Of Siena. S i e n a. Siena. Siena. In Metairie. Metairie. Um, April 23rd, 2 to 8 p.m. I'm excited. I'm going to go to Drago's Friday night. Yeah. Get some charger. I've never been there. you never been to that one? That uh-uh. branch? Have we been to Drago's? I've been several times, yeah. It's good. It's one of my favorites. There's one in Jackson. Have you taken me? I don't 
think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. They're known for their char grilled oysters. They have this butter sauce that you can actually buy it. They bottle it. That they do the like they pour it over the oysters. That. Yeah. yeah. Pour that over the oysters, top it with some cheese. Makes really good char grilled oysters. I don't know if it's sold in stores or you got to get it at the actual restaurants, but I've seen it. They, on, they have a couple locations. I don't know how many. I know there's one in Jackson. I think I've seen it on that CajunGrocer dot com. Yeah, they probably yeah. do have it there. Um, but I'm excited about that. That one's not going to be like see how many hurricanes you could drink that weekend. No. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a family friendly event. We're taking Michael with us. He loves crawfish. I mean, you'll have a few. You know, you you got to have a few abitas with some crawfish in Louisiana, right? Just not in excess. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make. We're not staying up till five a.m. No, I tell you what, that's the first time I've stayed up till five a.m. in a long we didn't time. Say, like, it keeps it getting was, later and later. It was five a.m. the last time I looked at the clock. <laughs> Sunday morning. I don't believe that. The sun was cracking through. <laughs> <clears throat> there were still kids out beating on buckets trying to make some dollars. <laughs> And I was like, holy crap, I got to go to sleep. Because y'all want to get up and eat brunch at 9.30. So the other day. I'm still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm too old for this. 20 years ago, I'm out for the done it. You <laughs> not did it. 46. You did it. Oh, yeah. You've just been a <laughs> Ever since. Ever since. A buck up. Um, so the other day, I started thinking about... Uh, how I like to cook these days. I like to buy store-bought stuff and kind of doctor it up. <laughs> I mean, we're so busy. It's hard. Yeah, I used yeah. to love to cook and, you know, make these big, complicated meals. But anyway, and I was thinking about semi-homemade. Do you remember that old Sandra Lee show called Semi-Homemade? Yeah, on the I do, I do, I do. She liked it. You talk about somebody like to booze it up. <laughs> she was always making these cocktails on that show. Talking about the blonde chick? Yeah, yeah. 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 And she was yeah. getting into them, too. Like, oh, yeah. Talking about... Uh, but it got me thinking about all those old Food Network shows that we used to watch. There's some good ones. They were really great. What were your favorite ones? Oh, Emerald. That like was... Bam, Emerald yeah, Live. Yeah, Emerald Live. I loved Emerald Live. <laughs> I loved that show. Yeah. That one and the one that Mario had where he would have a few people sitting at a bar with that him. That was one of my favorites. And then Bobby Flay did one where it was like in front of a little audience where he'd bring somebody up. That was pretty good, too. I don't remember that one. Yeah, they just have a few people sitting around. It was like, you know, it seemed like friends and stuff, but I don't know. It might have been actors. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a good one, too. Mario Batali, it was like his sous chefs and stuff like that would be sitting at the yeah, bar. Yeah, at the bar. And he'd be talking that was to the them. Set. Yeah. And they'd ask him questions and stuff. Um, Those are my favorite. Yeah. The Iron Chef. Do you remember the old, old Iron Chef? Where the, they, yeah, the Japanese one? Yeah, where they would like, dub yeah, it. Yeah, before they made Iron Chef America. I used to love that show. They were cooking. They'd cook. I was when Food Network was good. It wasn't all like challenges and hokey contests. Reality TV. Yeah, reality TV. Game shows, money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There wasn't none of that. It was real cooking shows. Uh, We used to watch, you and I used to watch, especially when we first got married, um, Elton Brown. Yeah. Good Eats. Yeah, his was good. It's kind of, he's kind of a little, (laughs) he's zany. You know, he tries to put that zany element and that's okay, you know. You learned something on his show. I tell you, somebody who's got chops—that's Ina. She's bad to the bone. Exactly, I'd watch hers, but it's one of those. Let's sit back. 
let's chill, see what's happening in the Hamptons, you know. I can Making say, this for Joffrey. Yeah, for Joffrey. <laughs> Joffrey. Nobody's making this stuff. But you can learn something from her, though. She, had good, she was really good. But she would, like, teach you how to really, for real, roast a chicken the right way, yeah, you know. Yeah, She would teach you. She would teach you a lot. I even liked the old diners, drive-ins, and dives back uh, in the day. That's all right. <laughs> that, that was kind of. What single handedly seemed like it brought the food that were down. They started doing stuff. You know like how that. you blame Garth Brooks for ruining country music? <laughs> you blame Guy Fieri for ruining Food Network. Food Network. <laughs> Flavor Town. It brought Flavor Town to the Food Network. And it sucked ever since. It used to be Mario Vitale. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the old show, um, $40 a Day or 30 Minute Meals with Rachel Ray? Yeah, I remember 30 Minute Meals for sure. I, remember I don't the, remember forty dollars a day. What she was would that? like travel, go to different locations. Oh, and she and only got forty dollars. Yeah, nah, <laughs> I ain't buying that one lick. Heck no. There's nothing worse sucks like worse than that. Going somewhere and there's not all you got to spend. Forty bucks. Yeah, so we packing abs and some, some twelve packs. <laughs> <laughs> what we did in this town. <laughs> Do you remember any other ones? Um, Iron, oh, well, we talked about Iron Chef. Sarah Moulton had one in yeah. the morning, and it was like a, it was almost like a talk show. It was like daytime TV talk show where she'd she'd like answer questions. People could call in. She was always cooking something, but she was good too. Didn't she, she really work good. for like Martha Stewart? That's I her thought deal. She was Julia Child's maybe it was apprentice or something like that. I don't know whatever happened to her. I guess these people just get old. I mean, we just get old, you know. You can tell I watched a lot of Food Network. I know all the shows that was on. In college, we used to watch it all the time, yeah. like during the day, you know. In and between Iron classes. Was... In between classes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easy Mac and Food yeah, Network. Food Network. What can we do to these ramens? <laughs> <laughs> One day, 20 years from now, somebody's going to be having on a podcast or we're talking about old YouTube channels. Yeah, they will for <laughs> real. No like Malcolm Reed. It's like I remember when he had a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler probably doesn't even remember these shows we were talking about. This was way before your time, wasn't it? I remember uh, we remember watched like a, a lot of Food Network all yeah. the time. Like oh, that's like me and Ashley's favorite thing. Yeah. So we watched a lot of like I like old Hell's Kitchen, like the older series before they Yeah. Now they do like all these weird challenges and stuff like that that are really irrelevant to cooking at all and stuff. Yeah. But back in the day it was like all cooking. You're talking about the Gordon Ramsay Hell's Kitchen? Yes. Yeah, yeah the Gordon yeah. Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. We watched the first few episodes. For, yeah. First seasons, first seasons yeah. The, um, man, I mean, my favorite old show is Justin Wilson. <laughs> See, I watched the PBS shows. <laughs> I go too. way back. I watched uh, Joey Child. Yeah. There was the Watt guy. He yeah. always had a different apron with a saying on it. I, uh, the two, do y'all remember the two fat ladies that would drive around on a motorcycle together? <laughs> like one in a sidecar, one on top. They were, they, they were ugly. <laughs> this is way before them. me. Yeah, if you see these two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Uh, yeah. I think it was called like two fat ladies or <laughs> something like that. Two fat ladies. Yeah. And then one of them would drive the motorcycle and one of them would sit in the side little sidecar. Yeah, drive around Europe. All these different places. Usually they'd cook something. I don't know what their relationship was like. They seemed to be having a good time. They were always so happy. They're <laughs> yeah. British. Very, yeah. very British. But, man, they're ugly. <laughs> One of them had a big ward or something right there. I shouldn't talk about them. Should, they seemed yeah. very nice. I loved watching. them. I'm sure them. they were super nice. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, you, know, you need to find that one. That'd be a T-shirt to bring back. Yeah. <laughs> When I go to my mom's house and stay there, she still like, has, a PBS. has the PBS. Yeah. That's like one of her only channels. 
uh, this isn't Food Network foods, but uh, Man versus Food, the old old Man versus Food. Adam Adam Richmond, yeah, is that who yeah. it was, yeah. Hey, those were good, and no reservations might be. What was oh Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I loved watching his stuff. You learn. I mean, I still catch myself watching Zimmerman because he does oh, a yeah. lot of the traveling too. I mean, his he eats some stuff, but I don't know if he he does, does as much anymore. And I don't know if those are. I don't know where they're at in production, if those are current shows or just reruns I'm watching. But you still see them on in it. I forget, I forget what channel it comes on. It's not Food Network. I think it's, it's Discovery. Like, yeah, it may, or Travel or something like yeah. that. But I still watch his show. It reminds me a little bit of Bourdain's, but Bourdain's, his had that dramatic flair to it, I guess. Like you could tell they were produced and he was meeting these people and going to these exotic locations and trying stuff. And from a chef, I mean, he was a chef first, not yeah. TV. He probably. Didn't like TV. I don't know. It didn't <laughs> seem like he did. It paid for things, but, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. That was a really good show. Mm-hmm. That used to be one of those we watch a lot. I read his book. If y'all hadn't read, if y'all are into restaurant cooking or in the mind of a chef or something, you should check it out. It's really good. It's supposed to be one of the best chef. It's really good. About, you know, yeah. stories. It was wild. I mean, it was, that dude was an animal. <laughs> was <an> animal. <laughs> So you've we've released a brisket, Easter brisket. That's Easter's the Easter coming. recipe. Any other recipes you got coming out? Yeah, we had some TikToks that I think are what's the next TikTok? The case the chorizo queso. Chorizo queso. Man, that one was a dang good recipe there. I took like my version of restaurant style white cheese dip. Or that smoked queso. Or white smoked queso. Yeah. Kinda kinda. Yeah. But you just and then chorizoed it up and made it really delicious and did it on the smoker. So, and it was so easy, really. Did you? Cook Tyler your... took like the rest of it home. You know, <laughs> I ate like a king that whole weekend. <laughs> Amazing. So, but the, the the key to that one is you have to buy like from the deli white American cheese. And if you can find Land O'Lakes brand, it's even better. There's something about it being the way it melts, and you would think being, you know, queso that Mexican restaurants they're using like. Some fancy Mexican yeah, cheese, yeah. or they've got some secret cheese, and I've tried that. Like I bought the Mexican melting cheese and different things, and it doesn't. It gets nowhere near the white cheese dip recipe they do. It is white American cheese, and then you can put any other cheese you want in it. Uh, white cheese, like I did the uh, Velveeta queso cheese, mm-hmm. just because I knew that was a pasteurized, going to melt cheese. Yeah, and then you add milk to it, and then usually they use dice green chilies. Uh, you can put jalapeno in it. It's got to have a little bit of cumin in it. And you just mix all that together and put it on the smoker. You don't, like, mix it up with a blender or anything like that. The cheese melts, and as it melts, you stir it, and it starts looking chunkier and kind of melty, and you're like, this ain't going to come together. And the next thing you know, <laughs> the next 15 minutes, it just smooths all the way out, and it makes the perfect queso. So you don't have to add any roux or you anything don't have, like that? No, you yeah. don't, there's no making a roux. It's all about just melting it with a little bit of the liquid in there. Um, where does the chorizo come into play? Do you put it in there raw? You cook so, it? So I didn't cook. I knew what would happen. Like if you cook, if you was to take chorizo, mix it in with cheese dip or queso, it would just turn it greasy. It would be all orangey looking. It's going to totally, you know, change the fact that you're trying to make a white queso with the chorizo. So I browned the chorizo separate on skillet, dumped it out on paper towel. It soaked the paper towel. I changed the paper towel, put it on another <laughs> one, and got all the grease off of it I could. Yeah. And it left me, you know, and I just kind of let it sit there and kind of on the counter while the cheese dip did its thing. And then when it was done, I put that warm chorizo 
just mounded it right in the center when I got ready to serve it. And then you can garnish it up with whatever you want to put on it, but you don't spread the queso out. So when you serve it, you get you a scoop and you start in the middle at the tree or on the edge of the chorizo and go through the cheese dip and you've got it all combined. But you don't want to like mix it all together. And it, it makes a much better presentation. It's a much better bite. And the dips, it's really, really good. Yeah. I think that's how they do it in the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is. They don't they don't mix it all together. Yeah. You notice like La Siesta does one. La Siesta dip has like a bean layer and then a queso layer and then the case then the chorizo right in the center and then a little pico and that's off, off to the races. Yeah, and it's up to you to do your scooping. Yeah, to drag it through. And don't just go in there and start it all up. It <laughs> defeats the purpose. It really does. It does. You need to eat it in layers. And it's more fun that way. It is. It is. <laughs> but, and let's see, what else do we got coming, Tyler? We got some other stuff on deck. You have to remind me because. Yeah, we got some stuff. I'm thinking Overnight thinking port, forward. but it, it'll be coming out. Yeah, yeah, I did that because, I mean, you just kind of did that one cell phone style. Yeah. And it, it, it was like seizing the butt, putting it on at night. The next morning you get up, you take it off, you pull it apart, and you're off. You know, you're ready to go. It's that easy. Yeah. That one's, I mean, that's you should call babysitting it. port butt because <laughs> the grill does all the work for you. So I'm kind of at this weird place because I started out on a pellet grill where, like, all I know is pellet grill cooking. So, like, I'm having so much trouble working my wife for kettle. It's not even funny. Really? Uh, see, now, that's you, That's where you went wrong. <laughs> and I tell people that all the time. First grill, if, if and I, I don't know how many times I've said this, if you had to buy one grill – Getting started, you know, you don't know if, if you're interested in, you know, being a full-time barbecue guy or whatever. You don't want to do it on the weekends. But if you want to learn and you want to get a grill to start on with, the least investment, get you a Weber kettle. Mm-hmm. Just what you have and learn to cook on that first. Yeah. Learn to run it, you know, learn to cook hamburgers on it, learn to cook steaks on it, learn to set it up two zone, learn to do a long cook on it. Learn that Weber kettle and then decide which one you want next. Yeah. If you want a pellet grill, if you want to cheat, you know. I mean, pellet grill is an entryway grill too. There's nothing wrong with it, but you're going to be left in the dirt mm-hmm. if you need to run a fire. You don't know anything about <laughs> running a grill. You just know how to turn it on and put pellets in it. So, so what I was doing is I've tried to cook steaks probably five times on it, and every single time, because I thought I had watched you guys enough times, like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so you start your chimney and stuff. You kind of get it going, which, so, like, I've used briquettes, and I've used lump. This Last night I was using yeah. lump. But and I would pour it in, and then I'd shut the top. And every, like, I don't know if you're are you supposed to leave the top off for, like, a while to no, let the fire get usually, going? usually, well, I mean, if your coals are ready, it's all in getting, you got to get the, you know, coals all Great over. Mm-hmm. And when they're hot and ready, I spread them out in the grill, one mm-hmm. layer, single layer, put my grate in place. Usually I have a set of grill grates on it. Then close the lid and have my vents 100% top and bottom open. Mm-hmm. That's going to let your grill heat up. Then it takes 15, 20 minutes before the grate's ready to cook. So maybe my bottom vent's there. not open. Maybe that's the problem. You got to check your airflow. I would check question. the ashes if you've been using it a bunch. But a lot of people <laughs> will let that grill sit there and pile up. The little you know butterfly thing on them, yep. the fins will get where they won't move and you've blocked all your airflow. Yeah. So you got to keep it clean. You always start with the ashes out of it. Make sure you see some air coming through it. That's probably That's, the situation. Yeah. Cause I left the top off yesterday and the flame seemed to actually get going, but there was so much charcoal built up at the bottom that it yeah. got so. Did you put extra hot. charcoal in it on well, top of, cause you don't really need to do that on a Weber. A no, lot of times one chimney is all you, I mean, depending on what you're cooking, but if I'm, you know, cooking steaks or something, one chimney is going to, in the past, yep. I have, and I think that's probably so. So much charcoal was built up in my actual like in the yeah, yeah. below the fire grate yeah or, yeah. And so when the when the one chimney got going and I left it open, like they all engulfed. So it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. really, <laughs> yeah. You're trying, yeah. And a lot of times that charcoal will get 
it'll absorb the moisture or yeah, whatever. It's not. Yeah, yeah. you can't charcoal it'll make a briquettes. Mud in the bottom. Yeah, briquettes don't do well. Like start like burning them and then putting them out. You know, closing the vents yeah. and trying to restart them. Lump you can because you know it's just not been compressed. Like briquettes mm-hmm. doesn't have the fillers holding it together and all that stuff, but. Charcoal is going to absorb that moisture, and like Shell said, it kind of turns into like cement. Yeah. Kind of, so I should probably like clean it all out and then just kind of start fresh. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay. I would do that every time on a Weber. Okay. Just get you a little shovel. You can go get them at Walmart or Home Depot or somewhere and shovel it out into a little bucket. Or turn it upside down. Or turn it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> turn it upside down and dump it in the flower bed. Let your wife get mad. <laughs> but yeah, always start fresh. And that way you got good airflow. One chimney's going to get you and you spread it out and you're ready to go. Charcoal in the flower bed's good, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I learned to cook on a Weber because that's how we used to cook our chicken for a contest. Yeah. And once you do it every weekend. It starts to yeah, yeah. come yeah. a rhythm. I mean, I really, honestly, it's probably the grill I use the most. Because, most, I mean, I'm not always long smoking something. I want to, you know. Oh, to, most of the time when you're cooking for us at home, like a dinner. Yeah, it's just fire the Weber up. We're cook, We're done in 15, 20 minutes. You're either cooking a chicken kind of hot and fast or a steak, steak or, or burger. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Well, I noticed it wasn't working because I was trying to do your method of like cooking a ribeye, a minute and a half flip or turn, yeah. minute and a half flip. And it like wasn't getting done. Like the grill marks weren't there and stuff. And I was like, man, something's not right it's here. The meat was still kind of red. And I was like. What did your dial say temperature wise? Do you remember? It was only like 175. That's why I knew it was. Like, so, so, I, so, so I'd make another basket of charcoal. You and just put, kept trying to go I was like, this isn't getting hot. Yeah. What am I doing wrong here? You need to so get it, to 500. It has to be the vent. Of the, like it's, yeah, you it's got not, your airflow stopped up some kind of way. Because it's like the fire's going out. Like I'm not even seeing a fire underneath. I yeah. took the grill grates off and was like, I was like, man, so I got a lot of work to do, bro. Yeah, you need it, Tyler. You need a lesson. <laughs> Come on, let's go buy some steaks, and we'll <laughs> you you say, we'll start fresh. Just get it fired up. Don't even put meat on it. Don't, yeah, just go out there, and fire run it up. See if you can run it. Yep. Get it get good your temp right. Yeah. Learn to do that. Learn to see how the charcoal runs. How long that charcoal lasts. That's Watch saying. your temperatures. I mean, that's that was like beginning stage. Yeah. Then go to cooking meat and don't go cook expensive ribeyes. Get you something cheap. <laughs> you know, some sirloins or some chicken or yeah. something. Yeah, learn to cook some pork chops. Pork chops is a great one. Yeah. Because they're cheap and they're easy. They grill really well. And, you know, they're fast. Fast. Yeah. yeah. To try that. Then move on to steaks. <laughs> no, it's not hard. It's not. Weber grill is one of the easier ones to cook on once you figure out the airflow and start with a clean grill. Yeah. You'll be surprised. But. You'll be ready to go cook steak contest. That's right. <laughs> I can tear up the pellet grill now, but I think the game bag can do that. So, Mount, what else do you have coming up? Um. Well, we're running rib practices for Memphis and May. Yep. We're doing, you know, full-blown, start to finish, build a box, check and see which kind of ribs we want to use, what size ribs we want to use, getting our standards down with time and weights of ribs and what we're, you know, the whole, the whole thing we're going to run probably, I don't know, probably six practices, something like that. Mark's got a contest. He's going to be cooking at Springfest next week while we're gone to battery, but they're just doing NBN ribs to get a practice run in. We don't have very many weeks before Memphis and May. Heck I mean, no. it'll be here before we know it. Um, in fact, it's less, load ends less than a month. The contest is exactly a month. So 
It is exactly a month from this weekend. So you got three weekends in between? Pretty much, yeah. So we've got a lot of work to do. Luckily, we can practice while we're working here at the office. So Um, Kentucky Derby's coming up loading weekend, so i got to brush up on my mint julep recipes. That's going to give us a TikTok there, different kind of juleps or something. What's your kind of julep? Uh, Do you have any? Pretty standard guy when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) Give me some bourbon, a little mint, a little simple syrup. That's about all I need. <laughs> I love a good mint julep. You know what? I, I like mojito better, but I like a mojito with bourbon. What? I don't know what you'd call that. Yeah. I mean, the, it's a lime, it's lime, you know, simple syrup and lime, you know, or sugar cubes and lime. Sounds really interesting. I've never yeah. read that. But that's that's what I'm going for. What's popping up is just bourbon mojitos. There's no, like, special name for yeah. it. Is this what they call it, bourbon mojito? Yeah, it's not like it's called. We've you know. got, um, oh, Cinco de Mayo coming up. We're actually doing another contest. Oh, it's we're doing a margarita contest? <laughs> Is that the next one for yeah. real? i got to brush up on my margarita recipe then. We're going to order tacos from uh, La Siesta. Yeah. i got a plan. <laughs> Break out the nacho cheese machine. Break out the nacho cheese machine. <laughs> it's cool. it's a, that's, uh, you know, it's probably a gringo holiday. They just oh, do it so definitely. they can sell beer, beer and quesos. I got y'all in this margarita contest. Do you? Got y'all. What are you going for? What are you going for? I think it might be too early to sell. Oh, oh, it's too early to tell. <laughs> I was, I was just sure I was going to win it last year with the watermelon. I'm not getting crazy this year. I'm just going to make something sweet that you know don't taste like tequila because evidently they don't like the good tequila. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste your money on the expensive stuff with these judges. <laughs> I'm going to just go to La Siesta and get some to-go's. That's what everybody knows. <laughs> That's what everybody likes. The dip uh, muscadine slush flavor one last year. It was yep. a muscadine slush. <laughs> with, with tequila. With tequila. Yeah. That was all it was. You know that could not have been good. There's no way that was good. I didn't try it. Did you? No, I did not try that yeah. one. I took inspiration from what won last year, and that's like kind of where I'm going. I found out the dip has like, it's I want to say Other- Italian ice. It's like yep. homemade Italian ice, and they have all these different flavors. So we tried the watermelon one, and it is really, really good really? with tequila. Jamie made a good watermelon one last year. And he didn't even drink. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> even drink. So I'm going. I'm, pro- I'm, I'm going I'm to test it out this weekend. Okay. Route 44, <laughs> Cherry Lime <Lime-A> Margarita. <laughs> See how that is. <laughs> with Matador tequila. With Matador tequila. <laughs> or something. Tarantula. <laughs> Could you See put vodka in there? I don't know. See, I don't <laughs> Instead know. of tequila? What's the rules on that? Yeah. One? See, that needs to be the rule. Yeah. See, I thought we should have a have constant. A, it, like, we should all have to use, like, either like the same kind of silver tequila, like, have a silver choice and a oh, gold yeah. choice. Maybe we that's what that. we'll do. And that's the constant through every market. That's a good yeah. idea. Like, buy everybody a little. And they're here. Yeah. A little, you know. They're here. So you can't have your. Yeah. So there's no, like, somebody goes out and buys, like, $400 tequila or yeah. something like that, you know? Oh, I do have a... Clazul. What could, is that one? Clazazul. That's Yeah. Nobody's using that. I've got a cl- bottle of Clazazul Mezcal. We could... But see, <laughs> they wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah. It's not something you make a margarita with. That's something you I might sip. bring out my Sandals model blender. <laughs> bring that up here. I haven't, I haven't broke it out. It was a Christmas present. <laughs> Your Vitamix? Yeah, my Sandals model Vitamix. You pitched a fit for that Christmas gift and you got Should, it. You do not, like, we haven't had weather to do that yet. Just wait. Just wait. You're going to get tired of boat drinks this summer. <laughs> I'm going to be mi- mixing it up. 
That's a good idea, though. It's still in the box. I know, but that'd be a good time to break it out for the margarita contest. Do you even know where it is? Honestly, <laughs> I don't. It's probably right beside my sausage grinder. <laughs> I swore you didn't give me. <laughs> uh, I got to right. start brushing up on the margarita recipes. There goes my not drinking for a few weeks. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. It's take a margarita contest. But that's pretty much what I got coming up. Yeah. So we got a full spring and then it'll start slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> what do you have? Does. What do you have coming up, lined out? Anything? Just assisting you. Uh, Mikey will be doing a <laughs> Easter demo here at the shop Saturday, the day before Easter. I think we're going to be closed on Good Friday in Observance. And then Saturday, we're opening back up for those last minute people. And it's only like, the shop's open from nine to two, maybe, mm-hmm. and then he's going to be doing demo probably just from like ten to one. I believe. Ten to one, and, yeah. Yep. And he's doing Easter ham. He's doing mac and cheese. He's a few other things that it's like it goes with the Easter dinner that, that you can do on a grill. So if anybody's in the area, they want to come in and get some inspiration, pick up some last minute stuff from the shop. Stop in and see Mikey. I won't be there Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be cooking catfish somewhere probably. <laughs> Well, Mount, that's all I have. Um, that's uh, all I have today, Tyler. That's all I got. If you guys want to check out an awesome community of pitmasters, backyards, competitions, etc., make sure you guys check out the Let's Get to Cooking Facebook community where we have almost at 20,000 members. So if wow. you guys want to join, help us reach 20,000. It'd be awesome. That's right. It's a great little community. I love checking in. We're still there. doing something with the white sauce. Did y'all ever figure that out? We're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Be looking for that because we did launch a new product. It's uh, my version of the of the Alabama. famous Alabama white sauce. I call it Mississippi white sauce because I'm not from Alabama. <laughs> if I would if I would have lived in Alabama, I probably would have called it Malcolm's Alabama white sauce. <laughs> but it's a Mississippi white sauce, and it's dang good. So, And well, we're going to be running the thing in the community, I think. Yep. I don't know what exactly we're going to do yet, but we're going we're trying to find a way to spread some love and Give me, let me borrow your some, pen. You I went to pen? New Orleans and I completely forgot about that. Oh, but anyway, that's coming up, folks. And you know, hope everybody out there has a great Easter holiday. And you know, fire those pits up, and we'll see y'all next time. We gone. <laughs>